0: Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's Rooms on 1-800-111-483
1: and I hope they'll be useful for you. I thought tonight I might talk about male infertility. It's a little bit something that's not discussed a lot. And I think most fertility specialists actually don't deal with it particularly well. Not so much not just diagnosing it, but actually helping men come to terms with the fact that they may their sperm is the reason why. They're not having children. So it, there's some data just come out this last week, the Australian New Zealand ART data, which is collected from every IVF cycle from every clinic in Australia and New Zealand on an annual basis. The 2020 data was released and for the first time, uh, information was collected that related to male fertility. In the past, all there was was a box that why you're having IVF and the box got ticked. Uh, male infertility. What we've done with the help of the Andrology Australia organization and in particular Professor McLaughlin in Melbourne is put in a series of of questions to try and look more at what constitutes male infertility as a reason uh, for having IVF. In addition to ticking the box male infertility which in about 40 to 50 percent of cycles done in Australia, the box was ticked. Now about 30% was male alone and in the other 20% there was a combination of female infertility as well as the male infertility as a reason for having IVF. When the data was pulled in relation to the causes of the male infertility, there were three or four categories that, that could be ticked some of the more complicated uh, rarer conditions as well as unexplained and the interesting result was that seventy five percent three quarters of men who have poor sperm counts as part of the ivF their ivF journey seventy five percent cause was ticked as unknown and that sadly reflects where we are scientifically in relation to understanding why men might have low sperm count. So the thoughts are, you know, why is that so? Because on the female side, it only ends up being around 15 to 20% where we go, we don't know the answer. On the male side, it almost certainly is that we don't understand the genetics that are involved in sperm production. We have some idea. There is a group of what are they called micro deletion, so absent pieces of DNA on the Y the male chromosome, are present in around about 15% of men with very low sperm count. So we do know something, but for the remainder, we really are still struggling to work it all out. The In relation to the other 25% in which boxes were ticked, they were fairly expected things like blocked tubes, although 11% of male infertility was due to the man having a previous vasectomy at one point in his life. He wanted to be infertile and now has found a new partner and they want to have babies. And so uh, getting around the vasectomy was the uh, reason for having ART. In that sort of scenario, what we can do is put a needle into the testicle because there are sperm there and they're still being produced, even though you've had a vasectomy, and suck out a dozen, three dozen sperm from the testicle and then be able to use those to inject the eggs To produce a baby. So, but uh, other causes of blocked uh, tubes leading from the testicle are there's a tiny group of men who weren't born with the tube, the absence of the VAS, it's called. And we know that has a genetic origin because it's associated with the cystic fibrosis gene and mutations of the cystic fibrosis gene. Again, there's sperm in the testicle. We can aspirate the sperm and create a pregnancy that way. Rarely these days, you can have infection causing blockage. The gonococcal infection was the one most common in that regard. And, and I I think in 20 years I haven't seen a blockage due to infection. So it's not the common. Investigation usually involves an ultrasound of the testicles for two reasons. One is that the testicle are low sperm count is has a higher association with a tumor a cancer of the testicle seminoma so it's important to exclude that as a possibility when we have a poor sperm count in addition it gives us information about the size of the testicle which again can give us a degree of hope about the prognosis of improving the count. If you have very tiny testicles like little hard marble, the odds of finding sperm ever are very small. But if they're normal size, it's likely that there'll be some sperm somewhere. We also do blood tests to check at the hormones that are made in the, in the brain to tell the the testicles, what to do in terms of sperm production. The things that can alter those pituitary hormone levels are basically those things that switch off the pituitary. Stress can do that. A man, I've certainly seen men who are in a very stressful job who have low sperm counts and their hormone levels in the brain are low. It's a bit like in women whose periods stop when they're doing studying for exams, the pituitary hormones have been switched off by the stress. They can also be switched off by taking drugs. So in a woman, she can switch off her pituitary and therefore not ovulate and therefore not get pregnant by taking the contraceptive pill. That estrogen switches off the pituitary. In a male who takes testosterone, the same events occur. It switches off the pituitary gland and therefore switches off sperm production. And sadly, I'm increasingly seeing young, buff men turn up in the clinic with their wives with low sperm counts or absent sperm count and when we ask them the questions they admit to using supplements at the at the gym the guy at the gym has said oh it's all right it's good it'll make you stronger better looking more buff and uh, if you then if they then ask the question what about my fertility they get reassured that it can be reversed it's probably true to some extent in the majority but there's a there is a small group that will never return but more importantly that return takes six to nine months on average and when you're wanting a baby yesterday most women are not very impressed that their husbands have been taking the supplement it's going to be some time before the